Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer, as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the show. I'm super excited to introduce you to Nina Gibson today on the podcast, where we are going to be talking about all things SEO. This is such an important topic, and like Nina says in the podcast interview, it really should be a holistic approach to your business. Now, whether you're listening to this for advice for yourself and your own business and your own website, or you're listening to this because you wanna be able to support your clients with SEO, this is going to support you in either one of those routes. So it's a really great episode, and I'm so excited that I had a chance to connect with Nina. We had a lovely friend introduce us to each other, and even though it took us some, some time to get the podcast actually scheduled due to kids and all of that good stuff that we have to work around with running our business, but the reason why we're in business, right? Um, it was definitely worth the wait. So I want to introduce you to Nina and then we'll dive on into the show. So Nina Gibson is a search maven entrepreneur and a corporate dropout who quit her job almost 10 years ago to start her own business. She's a mama too, who loves anything bubbly, her Peloton, and living with an excessive amount of dog hair. She's insanely passionate about helping female business owners unlock their website's SEO potential, build more online brand visibility, and achieve game-changing results. And that's what she did for me. I was like crazy writing notes, listening to her talk. I was like, oh, we need to incorporate this, and oh, I gotta make sure I write this down. So if you don't already have a pen and paper out, make sure you get one. You're definitely going to want this for this episode because Nina drops tons of golden nuggets throughout the whole podcast episode. So without further ado, let's dive on in the show and go meet Nina. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Hey there, Nina. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited. This has been a long time in the making to get this scheduled. We were just talking before we pressed record about scheduling things around kiddos and everything like that, but I'm so excited to finally have this on the books and to be here with you today to record this podcast episode all about SEO, which I know can sometimes feel a little like pie in the sky for people listening. Like, what is that? Even I know before even I got started, I had never heard that term before. So I'm super excited to jump into that today, but I just wanted to say welcome and thank you so much for being here. Hey, Aubrey, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm super excited to chat with you today. And yeah, long time coming, but we made it happen. We made it happen. So I'm excited. Me too. Okay. So I know like you and I were kind of chatting about like your backstory and everything like that, but I would love for you to just share that with my audience. Tell us a little bit about who you are, your journey and how you got started and what you're doing right now. 
Yeah. So um, I am a digital marketing veteran. I've been in the space for quite a while, since 2009, uh, 2019, no, 2009. Um, I am a corporate dropout. I left my uh, corporate job in 2014 when I was pregnant with my first child because I just knew I wasn't going to be able to do the corporate craziness and international travel and all of that. Um, and now I help business owners unlock their website's full SEO potential and really elevate their brand visibility through holistic SEO strategies. Um, I live in Southern Maine. I have two dogs that I'm super obsessed with, like I'm mega obsessed with my dogs. Um, and I have two kids and yeah, that's me. <laughs> Um, so I would love to kind of back up a little bit to that, um, kind of taking that step away. Cause I know that your, your story is a little bit different in the fact that you, um, like you were mentioning this to me, even though you technically work for yourself, um, there's a little bit of a shift that's happening now within your business. So I'd love to kind of like talk through that. So my audience can kind of hear what that has been like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in 2014, like I said, I left my corporate job and I started doing like consulting freelance work um, for companies uh, in the digital marketing space. So like paid ads and SEO. And a lot of my clients, like one of my biggest clients was an agency. So I would work like white label for them. And through word of mouth from people I'd worked with, et cetera, I found like other clients. Um, but it was all still very much in like the corporate space meaning corporate rules and sort of that corporate, you know, we're going to email you in the middle of the night and expect you to respond like first thing in the morning type of environment. Um, and when COVID happened, I think like a lot of other people, I really started to reevaluate what I wanted my business to be like and how I wanted, you know, the next two years, five years, 10 years to look like. And I had always wanted to help female founders and female-led businesses um, in the SEO digital marketing space because I felt like there was kind of this gap. Everybody I've ever talked to was like, what do you do again? What is SEO? And so I was like, you know, in my mind churning this idea of shifting my business, but um, I never really did it because I was just busy with, you know, raising kids and my direct client management business. But when COVID happened, I was like, this is it. This was sort of the catalyst for me. And so over the last two years, I've been shifting my business away from that sort of direct client management work um, to helping female business owners sort of start to get and, you know, start to um, utilize SEO, learn how to utilize SEO through group coaching programs and one-on-one -on -one SEO coaching where we kind of do a done for you combined with a done with you. So you learn how it, what it is, how it works so you can apply it. Um, and yeah, that's what I've been working on the last two years and I've been loving it. Um, and it's allowed me more time freedom and it lights me up, you know, direct client management served me so well. And I still do. I mean, it's still a big chunk of my business as I'm sort of pivoting. Um, but really like talking to women, teaching women, that's what really, really lights me up. So, um, I'm, I'm happy I made the shift. I can totally relate to that too. When, when I started to think about that next step in, in my business too, because it, I, I loved what I did just solely as a, as a freelancer, just serving clients one-on-one, -on -one, supporting them in their business, doing that behind the scenes stuff. But I felt this, this like, not necessarily an emptiness, but I just felt this tug on my heart there. I'm supposed to be doing something more, which is like so hard too, is like, you know, yeah. I was trying to figure out like, am I, am I ever going to feel content? And I truly feel now that I'm stepping into this coaching role because being a former teacher, like that was a, still a huge part of who I was. Like, even though, you know, similar to you, it's like, even though teaching in the traditional sense for me 
wasn't ne- necessarily the path because I, you know, had, I feel like it was placed on my heart to be at home with my family during these mm-hmm. years and to be the ones that was raising them too. Um, but I, but I still had that feeling of like, I don't want to be out of the game completely with freelancing. And it still is a huge part of me, but, um, finding that missing piece in, in coaching and being that online educator is really, um, been a, a great move for me. So I'm, I'm happy that you found that too. Now, I remember when I was first getting started and I was listening to podcasts and even now, like still, you know, been in the game for three years and I, I always am like, I'm always learning new things every day. But you said something um, when you were talking about your your journey and kind of what you were doing um, for, you know, the corporate business owners that you were working with mm-hmm. and you said white label. And so I just wanted to like, because I know some people are going to hear some of these terms, like I want to break it down for them so that they feel like they have an understanding walking away from this. So what does that mean, you know, if you are white labeling for a company or something like that? Yeah. So basically, so like the agency was my client and I would do the work behind the scenes and the agency would present it as their work. Right. So, um, it's basically, they have behind the scenes people who do the work, but then they have like an account manager or a client facing person who presents the work, et cetera. So usually with white label, the, um, the client's client doesn't know that like I exist. Um, and in some of my work they did know, but Um, that's basically what white label is. And a lot of people in the digital marketing space do white label for agencies, um, just because there's a, there's a huge need for it. Um, and it, it's great, right? When you first are getting started and you need to get, you know, your name out there and build your client roster and things like that. Um, so it can be, it can be a great tool when you're first getting started. Right. But now you're ready to kind of like step out from behind the curtain and put your put your own offers into the world, which is an exciting place to be. So um, let's let's dive in to SEO. Again, I said like there's there's going to be some terms in here that for some people listening, it's it's brand new to them. So I just kind of want to break it down because you mentioned that in, in really where your passion is, is SEO. So break that down for my audience. What is SEO? What does it stand for? And why is it super important? Yeah. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And in the most like basic form, a basic term, it's the process of optimizing and improving your website and your content to increase um, its visibility in the search engines for certain keywords um, or products or services that people are searching on. So somebody types in, you know, how to become a virtual assistant into Google you've optimized your content in your website in a, in a way that makes it visible for that search term, your website pops up. Um, I like to think of SEO as being the, the bridge between your amazing offer or your content or your podcast, whatever it is, and the user. So that's, I like to think of it that way. So if somebody out there has a need or a want, your website answers that need or want, and SEO is all the stuff that you do that bridges those two together. Great explanation. And I'm just like my, I know my like brain is rolling like in a million different directions of where we could <laughs> take this. So, so you mentioned your website, but is it just like, does SEO just apply to your website or is there other things that, um, either from like a freelancing standpoint of like making themselves stand out so that potential clients could find them or if they're doing the behind the scene work for their clients. So they're the freelancer helping their clients to become more visible, to show up in the search engine. Is it just your website or are there other things that we need to be aware of in SEO? 
Yeah. So usually your website is kind of like that hub, right? But I really like to take SEO from a holistic perspective, which means let's put the user front and center, but also think about all the different ways that you can be visible that live on your website, meaning like podcast show notes, um, of course, like blogs, right? That's sort of the traditional thing that people think about with content, but videos, Pinterest, um, how-to guides, uh, listicles, all of those different things are sort of part of your visibility strategy, aka your SEO, and not all of them live on your website, right? Um, like Pinterest, for example, you have like a Pinterest account, pins, they link back to your website, but they don't necessarily, you know, live on your website, but Google indexes those, which means they live in their search engine. So if somebody's searching for something relevant, your pin might pop up. Um, so it's primarily your website, but there are other avenues of visibility where SEO comes into play. So what are those like first couple steps in, in figuring out how, how to start implementing this? Like, I mean, I know that I'm thinking like, obviously you want to make sure that you have keywords, but let's break it down a little bit more. Like how, how do we actually like a freelancer who's just getting started with this or has no idea even how to start utilizing SEO so that they can show up or their clients can show up? What are those like first couple steps that you would recommend? Yeah, that's a really great question. So um, first basic step, obviously, website. The beautiful thing about living in 2022 is most out-of-the-box like website platforms, WordPress, um, Squarespace, Showit, all of those have, you know, um, really good SEO sort of built in. So you don't have – in page speed is usually really well optimized, things like that that are more of the technical side. But the first thing that I tell anybody when they're just getting started in their business, and it's usually the same thing that people do for their social media accounts, is is write out your content pillars. Write out your content pillars and a bunch of topics underneath those and make sure you have a really good idea who you are speaking to. And I think you mentioned that before we started recording about honing in on your audience. That's really important. Before we do any of the keyword research, before we do any of the on-page optimization, you want to have an idea of what am I going to be writing about? You know, what's what am I going to be writing about that relates back to my core expertise or my core service and who am I speaking to? And that's the first thing that I tell anybody because once you have that in alignment, the rest sort of starts to flow a little bit more easily. When you're just trying to find like random keywords and things like that and just sort of seeing what, you know, throwing spaghetti up on the wall and seeing what sticks kind of thing, it can start to feel like overwhelming. But when you start there, audience, and what am I going to write about that supports my expertise? Um, that's the first step. Yeah, I love that too. I was just thinking about that because when I first got started, I kind of, I always tell my, like anybody in my community too, I'm like, I kind of did it a little bit backwards, but it's a good thing for you because I, I figured out really like, the right way to do it and why things are important because I like live the other side of it. But I remember when I was first getting started in the online space, I was just like, I was so eager to make this a reality. I, like I didn't see the clear picture yet, but I was just like, um, anybody who wants to work with me, I'll, I'll work with them. Like, uh, you know, she's a woman, maybe she's a mom, like she has a business. Like those were my like criteria. And it did make it very difficult for me because I'm like, it was hard for me to really relate to that person mm -hmm. to really figure out like, what are their pain points? What are they struggling with? How can I really come in and support them? 
um, with, with what I want to offer too. So it, that is, that is huge to do that too. So if you're listening to this and you still haven't figured out who you want to work with, I mean, and here's the, the thing too, that I've found too, I think some people get so there, it's hard for them to do that because it's like, mm. it feels so, um, definitive, right? It feels like, well, what if, what if I change my mind or what if I get into this and I don't like it? The, the good news is that this is an evolution. It probably will change. And that's a good thing. Like in my business over time, who I've been speaking to both on my freelancing side, but also in my, you know, my podcast has changed too. And, and sometimes mm-hmm. it comes from just getting started and just putting, like starting to work with people and starting to realize like, oh, I thought I would really like working with this person or, oh, I thought I would really like talking about this, but I realized I like talking about this piece more and that it's, it's an evolution and it can evolve over time. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's fluid, right? SEO is fluid. You can change what you write about. You can change the keywords that you're targeting, et cetera. So um, absolutely. And it's hard. It's hard figuring out in the beginning because when you're just starting out, yeah, it's a process. It's, it's you evolve. And as you, and even for myself, like where I was in like October, with sort of how I wanted to, how I was presenting myself in the SEO space versus where I am now is really different. And that's not a ton of time, right? And I've been in the SEO space for a long time. So yeah, it's definitely an evolving process, but that's also kind of what makes it fun, right? So you can, Mm -hmm. yeah, you start to be like, oh, okay, this is, this is what feels really good. And you lean into that. um, And you start to really feel like uh, you get into your groove. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you, um, both from kind of like where you're going now, but even with your previous experience, you know, as the online space gets more competitive, as, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot more people are vying for that space within Google search or within Pinterest or whatever to show up with their services. I mean, because there's many people who are even doing what I'm doing. So how do you help your clients to really stand out with using SEO as the space becomes more competitive and people are vying for that top spot? This is a really great question. Um, And I think that the answer is SEO itself because most businesses, anywhere from like Fortune 500 down to like mom and pop, I have worked with the full gamut. SEO is often, more often than not, an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And if you start your business in full alignment with the understanding that SEO isn't a technical thing, even though there are technical components of it, if you start from the idea that SEO is the foundation for 90% of your brand and offer visibility, you're going to have an advantage right out of the gate. Because most people think of SEO as like an add-on or a box to check or like this technical thing I have to hire a developer to do to my website, when really it's about creating a foundation. And I keep on using the word visibility, but that's really what it is, a foundation for your visibility. So I think if you're coming from it, you've got your content pillars, you have your audience, and you start creating content that is aligned with what you're offering and you've done your keyword research and you know, that right in of itself, I think is a huge advantage. From there, keep like, so let's say, for example, you have your blog where you're writing content, you've got Pinterest, um, and let's say you might be starting a podcast, just as an example. Um, When you align all of those, so like your podcast podcast episode is about... um, 
real estate, uh, virtual assistants for real estates, uh, like real estate professionals. And I bring that up just because I was just talking to somebody about this very topic and we were doing keyword research. So it's on top of mind. So you have a podcast episode about that. You can create like at least three to five pins around that too, right? And then you can write a blog post about it and it's all aligned based on that one topic. So the more you establish yourself as an expert and an authority on that particular topic, the better you're going to do in the search results. Um, So when you think about it like that, like really holistically, um, that's what I always tell my clients is align it. It's not an afterthought. It's not an add-on. It's not something to think about after all of the content is created. It's what you use as the foundation for your content creation. This is so good. And it's just bringing up like a lot of things that I've even been doing in my own business. So I'm kind of I'm going through a stage of of rebranding and mm. not rebranding from the sense of like, oh, I'm changing up my logo or any of like my visuals. Like, yes, that's part of it. But um, the person that I'm working with really kind of changed my perspective on that and saying like, that's usually like very similar to like what you were saying with SEO. Like that's usually how a lot of people view branding or view that piece of it is like, oh, the logos and the visuals. Well, like, yes, that's like the tip of the iceberg here, but like, what is all like the work underneath it? And I'm sure that that's similar to like SEO, like getting to that foundation too. And when you, I think even when you go, go at it from that approach, kind of like looking at it from like a bird's eye view as opposed to like what you see right in front of you, it becomes a little mm-hmm. bit easier. Cause now like, you know, sometimes like, I think I had like the keywords of what I was thinking or what, what I want to put in my stuff. But like when I actually am doing this foundational work and really getting to the core of like, even just who I am and who I want to be speaking to and how I want to show up, like more, it's like more and more like keywords are like showing up to me in a way that, um, I didn't even think about it. So I love that you brought that up. But then another thing that you talked about too is, um, kind of positioning yourself as that expert. So that's a lot of mm-hmm. what freelancer to CEO really stands for. Because a lot of times people, when they're first getting started in the freelancing space, like they're just dipping their toes in and they're kind of figuring out, okay, like what do I enjoy doing? Unless they have that that background. So somebody who like already has the marketing background is doing that in their traditional job, like shifting that to the online space feels a little bit more aligned because they have that. But somebody like me, who's coming from the teaching education space, like I didn't know, I didn't know a lot about the online space. So I kind of just started as a virtual assistant to kind of feel it out and see like, okay, here are some areas where I might want to kind of specialize in, but I don't, I don't know what that looks like. And then really, once I figured that out, shifting to that. And that's, I think, an important piece too, as my listeners are taking that step from freelancer to CEO is not being a person who offers everything to everybody, but really figuring out what it is that you want to specialize in. And that's really how you're going to be able to stand out because number one, you're going to stay like top of mind for people. But number two, when you do start really creating that content, it becomes clear you're not creating content one day about social media. And then the next day you're talking about website design. And then the next day you're talking about like podcast management, even though you might, those might be services that you have offered before getting really clear on what you're going to offer so that it becomes consistent. And I'm sure as far as the technical side of things, Google starts to recognize like, oh, this is this person is talking about this stuff consistently. We should start showing her stuff more in the search. Am I on the right path here? <laughs> totally on the right path. And you, like one of the foundations of like Google's like algorithm, like all the different things that they use to like rank your content is called EAT, which is expertise, authority, and trustworthiness, which ties back exactly to what you've just said. So the more Google and other people see you as the expert, 
and the authority and you're establishing trustworthiness with like great content and people are linking back to your website, yeah, the better you're going to do. And honing in on your message is a huge part of that because then it's like, oh, you know, it feels like repetitive, like kind of like on social media, we feel like we're saying the same things over and over again. It's kind of like that with SEO and content too, except, you know, you're just writing different topics that all relate back to that core expertise that you have. So 150% spot on. Okay, good. And what was that that acronym that you just said? It was E for Eat. expertise. Yep, e, okay. for ex- yep, e for expertise, uh, A for authority, and um, T for trustworthiness. So just like eat like a cookie monster. That's what I always, <laughs> I always tell my clients. I'm like, you want to eat like a cookie monster. That is um, a huge, huge, huge part of uh, – being successful with SEO. Perfect. I love that. I just started that here. So I love that. I love anything that makes it easy for me to like remember things. That's the kind of learner that I am. So I love that. Thank you. Yeah, me for too. Sharing that. Way. Okay. So what are some tips like that you have as far as find, like doing that keyword research? I know that you said like figuring out those content pillars, like that's really the basis of it, figuring out who you're speaking to, your expertise and everything that, but are there any programs or anything that you use to do that keyword research or is there a process that you use to help your clients work through? Yeah. So uh, a lot of the time, so a couple of things, um, I'll teach my clients how to do keyword research or I do it for them. It's kind of one or the other, but I always recommend starting out in the beginning with Uber Suggest. Um, there's a free version and then there's a uh, in, inexpensive, I think it's like $24 a month um, paid version. And that's a really good place to get started with your keyword research. I think for businesses that are bigger, or if you really want to sort of take it to the next level, there's a program called SEMrush. And that's more expensive. I think for single websites, it's like $100 a month, but it's a much more all-inclusive platform. And their keyword research tool is much more extensive. But for those just getting started who kind of want to dip their toes and are like, okay, I've got this. I'm going to start doing keyword research. Uber suggest, um, is a really good place to start. And, you know, one of the best ways to sort of start getting an idea is just type in the topics in Google and see what pops up and also spy on your competitors. Are there other business owners doing, you know, similar to you check out their websites? Like what are they writing about? you know, put, and take those keywords, those blog topics or whatever, and put them into Google and see what pops up. See what like Google suggests, you know, when you're like typing something in and Google like suggests it finishes the, the search phrase for you, like take a look at those terms and then start to get an idea of, okay, so I just typed in how to become a virtual assistant and, you know, all of the search results are blog posts. That probably is a good signal that that's the kind of content that Google thinks the user wants. Um, On the flip side, if you type in something and everything is video, you're probably going to need to create like video content and order rank because Google is like everybody who's searching for this, we know because we're super smart (laughs) that they want some sort of video content for that search term. So those are a couple of ways to start getting, you know, started in the space of keyword research. And I like to, um, if you're like, spreadsheet or Google sheet nerdy like I am, I like to just sort of like, you know, content pillar one, content pillar two, and just start like putting keywords in a spreadsheet underneath each of those just to start seeing what it looks like. And then you can start um, putting topics, you know, like content ideas, like more formally together based on like the keyword research and what you know you want to write about. 
I love how this is kind of like building on, cause like you're giving us really tangible things that we can take, like first starting figuring out those content pillars, who you're speaking to. And then from there, now that you know that, now you're gonna start to do the keyword research. And then the next step really is creating the content. But the, the thing that I always see come up too is like, we have all these keywords and of course it's like, well, I want to include all these key read mm-hmm. all these key sorry keywords so that when somebody googles this topic like this piece is going to show up and then if they also google this topic like that piece will still show up. So how do we do that in a strategic way cuz obviously we don't just want we want it to be obviously we want it to have keywords in it but we want it to sound good too like if I'm thinking about like a blog post or something like that. Like we don't just want it to be full of all these just keywords just thrown at people. So how do we do it in a strategic way where yes it's going to show up but it also is still a good piece of content? Yeah, that's a really great, uh, great question too. So the first thing to keep in mind is the one-to-one rule. One unique keyword for one unique piece of content. So whatever you're writing, it can relate back to your core expertise. Like let's say you're a virtual assistant. It can relate back to that and it's going to, right? Because you're creating all of this content to support it. But each piece of content you're creating is going to be unique to that keyword. Now, that's not to say if you have a podcast, a blog, and pins, those can all be targeting the same keyword because they're different types of content. But if you're writing a blog post, one unique keyword for one unique blog post. So, um, for example, how to become a virtual assistant with no experience. That's a long keyword, but that would be the unique keyword. And then, you you know, you would write your content around that. Um, and you would include it, you know, as it like how it feels naturally in the content, make sure it's in your title, make sure it's in that like H1 header of your blog post. Those are sort of my two tips. And I always like to get it in the first 100 to 300 words of of the content itself because Google scans content from top to bottom. So when it shows up in the beginning, this is um, kind of like an old school thing, but when it shows up in the beginning, I still find that Google like knows like, okay, this is what this is about. And it hones in on that and that target keyword. So you don't want to like overstuff the content with the keyword. Um, when you have just that one unique term, I think it makes it easier. And then write a really, really juicy title, not a clickbait title, but you can use a tool like CoScheduler, which is free. And they tell you like, okay, you need a little more like emotional keywords or active keywords. Don't be afraid of long titles. Scroll stopping titles tend to be longer. And they're usually like action oriented, like, you know, um, the top 10 tips on how to become a virtual experience, a virtual assistant with no experience that you need to know now, that type of thing. So, um, yeah, so those are sort of my tips on that, you know, just writing a title that's like how to become a virtual assistant with no experience. That's great. But when you add in like the action keywords and you make it a little bit more, you know, drool worthy, that's where you start to get um, into sort of that groove with SEO. Like people are like, oh, I need to read that. And then Google's like, oh, a lot of people are clicking on this. And then that also helps to sort of elevate your rankings. So it's all kind of interconnected. I love that tip. That's funny. <laughs> like it's that I'm learning here too. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, because I always I feel like I always shied away from like some of the longer titles too. Um, but I'm going to put that in my back pocket. Now, obviously I think for me, like when I think of SEO, I, I mean, I know that it's more in depth, but like my initial thought too is, is like the blog post and his stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But is there any other places where we can kind of like, obviously on our website too, but is there any other places where we can kind of, 
I don't want to say sneak in SEO, but that we should be paying attention to that maybe people don't naturally think of. Like when they think of obviously like your blog posts, your titles, um, different things like that. But is there anything else that we should be paying attention to to make sure like like I don't want to be like secretive, but also I want to, you know, show up as best as I can. So is there any other places that I should be paying attention to as far as SEO? Yeah. So um, you want to make sure. So let's say you have um, your blog is on WordPress. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for like Squarespace, it has the same thing. There's like a little SEO section where you can put your title in your description. This is important. So the description is not a ranking factor. But it's the content that like shows up under the hyperlink in a search result. So it's like 155 characters. It's short. It's kind of like an is elevator. That like the, is that like called is it called like meta description? Yes, exactly. The meta okay. description. Ooh, and, I feel smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's like a little elevator speech for your piece of content. It's kind of like you want to, you know, you've got your title, like the title of the blog post that shows up in like the blue hyperlink, but then the elevator speech, that little meta description is a, um, something just to get them to click over a little more enticing. And then the title tag, which is different from the title of the blog post, that's where you put that keyword. So let's say we said your title of the blog post was like the top 10 tips on how to become a virtual assistant with no experience that you need now. But in the title tag, you would put how to become a virtual assistant with no experience. And then maybe you would put like um, a dash, an M dash or a pipe, and then you could put your brand name. Um, And that's the title. And that's just like an on-page, another on-page ranking factor where Google will look at that title. It lives in like the head. This is where we're going to get technical for just a second. It lives in like the code of the head tag on your uh, content page and Google crawls that and is like, oh, okay, that's what this this piece of content is about. In addition to all of the things that they'll scan when they actually like scan your content, so that's that's sort of for like really basic on page optimization. Those two are a must. The second thing that I see people not doing all of the time is linking out. So in any piece of content, you want to link out to other pages on your website. Because that's how Google understands what your website is about and how it's structured, but it also passes page authority. So if none of your webs, if you're not linking out to any other pages on your website, Google's like, oh, you must not think your other pages are important, right? So you want to link out. So um, you can link out to other blog posts that are relevant. You can link out to your about page, your offer page, whatever makes sense for the reader, like a minimum of two internal links to other places on your website. And then I like to recommend at least one external link. So uh, maybe it's, I mean, it could even be like your Facebook page. Um, It could be like a third-party resource that you really like. Um, It could be a book recommendation on Amazon, whatever it is. I like to have an external link too, because that's sort of how the web is like basically a popularity contest, right? The internet. So you want high quality websites to link back to you and Google likes it when we link out to other people as well. So um, though that's another thing that I see like a lot of blog posts, they have no links. Definitely, definitely utilize that internal linking. And if it's if it makes sense, an external link too. Okay. Good. I, that was, I was going to ask too about like, should you be pushing people away from your content? And is that, you know, is that something that you want to do too? I mean, I, you know, 
I, I don't know if this is like the best of the best SEO, but of course, like when I look at blog posts, like I use WordPress too. So yep. when I look at at blog posts or different pieces of content that I'm putting on there, um, I use Yoast SEO, which I'm sure there's, yeah. like, I'm sure that's not, that's not the end all be all. I'm sure there's more that goes into it, but those are like things that, you know, it would recommend like, Hey, like you have, you have the external links, great. Or, oh, you need to include this or your, hey, your keyword that you're saying that this blog post is about isn't showing up in your headers. Like maybe you should include yep. more. So like, is that a good tool for people who are kind of doing the SEO? I mean, I'm sure there's Absolutely. more that's involved to it, but. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a really great starting point, especially if you're not familiar with SEO and you're just getting started with content creation. I think that the Yoast plugin is a really good starter place for sure. And um, it's not the end all be all, but I use it too. Like I have a show it site, but my blog is WordPress because it's connected. And I still take a look at that because it's helpful, right? You're like, oh shoot, I'm not including my target keyword at all in the content. Because sometimes that happens, right? You just get in like mm-hmm. a writing flow and you realize like, oh, I haven't even used it except once. Um, so yeah, I love the Yoast plugin. There's also um, All-in-One SEO, which is another plugin that's really great. Um, that's essentially the same. But yeah, I love Yoast. I think it's a really good, um, it, it's a quick scan, right? It's like, okay, I've, I've checked all the basics and now I can work on like some of the other stuff. Okay. Awesome. And then I'm just going to be a little, um, a little nosy here. <laughs> just, <laughs> ask, just because I have the SEO expert here on my podcast, how can I be incorporating that into like my podcast. So obviously like I put it back on my website, but within the podcast platforms, like does SEO play a role in that too? Is there little things that I should be paying attention to or anybody who has a podcast or is even doing podcasts for their clients? Like can we, is there a way to like rank more in the actual podcast platforms or even to like, so that your podcast episodes show up um, like in Google? Yeah. So um, make sure that the audio file like naming conven- convention, like includes like your if you have a target keyword in mind for your podcast. I know like a lot of people don't think of keywords in podcasts, but um, Google does, uh, you know, rank podcasts and does index them. They do scan audio. They're getting better and better and better at it, which means they're able to scan the actual audio itself and pull keywords from it. Um, but just like you would optimize images, like with the file name, you want to do that for your podcast file name too. Um, and then the big thing is like the show notes, um, and making sure that the show notes are formatted in a way that's digestible. Like oftentimes the show notes are kind of like clunky and it's just like paragraph, paragraph, paragraph. Think about, um, formatting them a little bit more like a blog post, um, to make it more digestible. And then all of the things that we were just talking about um, in terms of like the title and um, the meta description and all of that, you can use um, for your show notes too. So think of it exactly like a blog post, except it's, you know, uh, podcast uh, podcast notes or show notes. Um, and mention the keyword a few times if you can in the show notes. Um, and then link to other episodes, other pages of your website, just like you would the blog post. Um, the file name we talked about is really important. And that's, that's, I mean, there are other ways too, but those are sort of like the quick, the quick wins, the easy ones. Um, when you start thinking about like podcast episodes is just another form of content that Google can index and rank and just treat it like that. Just like you would, um, if you're optimizing a page on your website. 
I'm glad that I asked because you brought up something that I, I didn't even think about too. I mean, I, I think I do it now, but it's one of those like things that I don't often think about, but I think it could get overlooked is like the file name for your images too on there. Um, because oftentimes like we might just be, you know, we might put a file on there that's like image one like that, but that doesn't really tell Google anything about about that image too. So when you're saving those files on your computer too, making sure that you're at least giving some kind of descriptive to it so that it's not just image one on your website. I love that you pointed that out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's great too for like accessibility, right? Um, so that's the other component of it too. I think it's, it's yeah, it's great practice and people don't think about it. And so definitely doing that. And if you have a business, like if you're a photographer, for example, or something like that. I mean, I think photographers are pretty, um, they know what they're doing in terms of that. But if you have any kind of like business where visual like search could be important, or like if you're utilizing Pinterest pretty heavily, that definitely comes into play. Awesome. Well, this has just been so eye-opening for me. And you just shared so many different tools and different things that my listeners can go and grab. So if you are driving right now and you didn't catch any of the goodies that Nina dropped in the episode, definitely make sure like you go back and get out a pen and paper and write those down. I was writing down as she was talking all the different tools that I can use and go into. So thank you so much for sharing everything with us today, Nina. It was amazing. Um, I appreciate you so much. And I would love for you to share with my listeners where they can go learn more about what you have to offer and just to come hang out with you in your little piece on the internet. Yes, I would love. Please come and hang out with me on the internet. I love it. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at ninagibson.co. Um, I share all kinds of fun tips um, on there about SEO. I love to talk about it. It's like my favorite thing. Um, and then my website, ninagibson.co. Um, I've got a blog and I've got an awesome freebie that you can download that talks about a lot of the things that we talked about today with some great tips. Um, and yeah, come and check it out. I would love, love, love uh, to meet you guys. Thank you so much again. Like I said, this was amazing. I le have learned so much, even though I was like, I got a pretty good grip on SEO. <laughs> I know that I was like, if I've got her on the podcast, I'm really going to dive into some stuff. So um, I'm just super excited to get this into the earbuds of my listeners. So thank you again so much for being so generous with your time and with your information. It was so helpful. Awesome. Thanks so much, Aubrey. This was great. <laughs> Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.